seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to episode 214 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of stuff that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 214 episodes, still got my man, not quite beat up by a winter freeze yet, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Not weird. We're doing good. I'm sure at some point, <laughs> the winter, but then you never know. You just don't know around here. We had Dude, two or three days of cold weather. Let me tell you, I can tell I'm starting to get acclimated to the Northwest too too well because this week some of the temperature readings have been like mid 40s during the day, and normally I'd be like, okay, I got to at least get a hoodie and whatever, right. you know, because it's starting to get kind of chilly. But I'm like, it sort of feels like what I would think would be like a 55 or 60 degrees, and that's why I'm like, ah, it's already happening. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in like <laughs> Turn to a whole Yankee. Exactly. I'm like, I'm in. That's it. It's, it's just, it's not that cold. So like, it's very weird, but yeah, that's where we're at. So it's been about mid forties to mid fifties and it's been sunny. So we're still pretty good. I don't even know if we're going to get, I mean, we're going to get snow, but I don't know if we're going to get any real amount. It'll probably just be a couple of inches over a few weeks, but you know, I like that. Give me, give me enough that it looks pretty around Christmas, and that's about it. I don't I don't need more than that. <laughs> Just keep it light and easy. Uh, also, before we get into the show, as always, I need to tell you, check out our sponsor over at CoolStuffInc.com. You can get all kinds of nerd stuff over there, but especially with new magic releases, maybe you want to do some Christmas shopping, you want to pick up something cool for yourself. Well, whatever it is you decide to get, you can save 5% by using code DRAGON, and that's another way you can help support the show by using the code and you'll get something for yourself or for somebody else and save some money. So it's yeah, coolstuffinc.com. Use code DRAGON. You'll save 5%. Don't forget, they always have cool stuff in stock. And if you want to just support us directly, put a little money in our pocket, you can go to patreon.com slash colormagic. And you can get a shout out like our three new patrons we got last week. Ben Burke, Eric Alis, and Michael Clayman. Thank you so much for coming on board and supporting the channel. Yeah, for real, that does deserve a shout-out. Three in a week is pretty big for us. We normally get, like, one or two every once in a while. So three, we appreciate y'all. The rest of y'all, get on board. Help us out. And you go to colorofmtg.com slash shop and pick up a couple of goodies for yourself. Okay, let's get down to business, because we got a couple of things to talk about this week. But before we get into this, actually, if you're interested in watching these live or seeing or seeing our pretty faces. I don't know, maybe we record them live. Maybe we just record them and put them up on YouTube. But either way, watching them on video, let us know, because we're thinking about to start recording these episodes so y'all can have another way to engage with us. But my soapbox topic is, I've been seeing a lot of people, and I think I posted about this earlier in the week, but I've been seeing a lot of people gripe about how they're upset with social media, always showing them all this negative content and all these bad things, or even some people just calling like stuff they think is junk or has no purpose, or whatever. But my pushback has been, don't interact with that stuff, and keep raising the profile of what you consider to be the good stuff. Because so many people will go and they'll, you know, I and I'm just going to bring it up because it's, you know, one of the popular things, but with all the politics and the Trump trial and everything else, like, okay, cool, you're there commenting on all that, you're 
putting all your angry emojis, doing all this. But then when you see something you like, you kind of read it and move on. If you're, hell, in our case, listening to a podcast you enjoy, you're not sharing it or telling anybody about it. You're not commenting on our Facebook or or Twitter feeds or whatever, right? That makes more of that show up on your feed, right? The algorithm will feed you more of what you want to see. More of your friends will see more of your things, and they'll be commenting on more of the positive things or at least curious about what it is that you're interacting with. But if you're just interacting and pushing all the negative stuff, well, then that's what's going to get promoted and shared. Like, I honestly make a conscious decision to not comment or share some of that stuff when it comes up. Now, the other day I shared one because it was literally saying like, hey, if you support this side in politics, look at all these negative bills they're trying to pass through that are not going to be good for you, right? Just so people had awareness. But most of the political stuff, I just ignore. Like, I read it and I'm aware of it. I might have conversations in person about it with people, but I'm not doing anything to raise the profile of those posts. I like sharing fun stuff when I see it. When I see friends celebrating wins or a cool thing somebody puts up that they did online or a sweet piece of art somebody made. Like, I like talking about that stuff and sharing that stuff so people get to see it. And honestly, maybe I'm helping build the profile of other friends and their projects, right? I would rather my energies be going toward that. And hell, I also am a big, even if I'm on TikTok, I use that like, not interested button a lot when stuff pops up to like curate that feed. I'm like, I don't even know why you showed this to me. Not interested. Not even sure why you showed this to me either. Not interested. Like you've got to make those extra efforts and make it what you want it to be. And I think some people even do it subconsciously. Like just it, it, as we are human, right? It triggers a negative emotion. They feel the need to defend that emotion. Whether it's to argue against somebody that views things differently to them, Or, hey, this really made me feel a certain way and I need to tell somebody about it, you know, whatever. But that's why a lot of that gets shared because other people feel the same way. Like they have that visceral emotion that they got to respond to it or they got to tell people about it. But like, hell, I just went and saw the Marvels this weekend. That was the first thing I did when I when I got downtime, when I got home afterwards. I'm like, man, I just saw this movie and it was sweet. You know, like, I don't know what everybody's complaining about. If Well, I've seen some positive stuff about this. But I'm like, if you want to see a comic book movie, this is great. You can take your kids to it. It's only an hour and a half. Awesome. Go enjoy it. Put some positive in your life. Also, I don't know about your local movie theaters, but I found out mine does discount Tuesdays. I didn't know this oh, was a wow. thing. I saw a movie for $6.25 yesterday. Was it crazy? Because <laughs> I went to buy the tickets and together, taxes and all, they were like 13 bucks or something. And I'm like, this... I swear I bought two tickets, right? So I went back right. and looked and it was two tickets. They were, they were like 50% off or something on Tuesday. So I'm like, man, I might be going to the movies on Tuesdays more often now. And it's not even matinee. We went at like eight. So, I mean, all day they're discounted. So maybe you should check locally. If you haven't been to movies in a while, they might be doing some deals to try to get you back in there. But yeah, as far as content, just promote more of the things you enjoy. Promote more of the things that are bringing positivity or fulfilling your life or helping your friends out or whatever like that's such an easy way to enrich your life and just don't interact so much with the negative stuff hell block a lot of it tell the different programs or sites you're using you're not interested don't show this to me and just make it what you want it to be and you'd be surprised how much happier you're going to be too all right that's all i got brian i'm going to pass this over your way 
All right, uh, sadly, some uh, bad gaming news to report. Cryptic Studios, you might know them for uh, Star Trek Online. Also, I believe they do Neverwinter, but uh, they've had to have some layoffs because they got bought up by the Embracer Group, like seemingly 50% of the companies in gaming did. And the Embracer apparently had a big deal with the Saudi Arabian Group that fell through, and now they're laying just a whole bunch of folks off so yeah absolutely hope uh hope these people are able to find new jobs as of october 7th folks there have been about 6100 jobs lost just in the gaming industry due to layoffs studio closures and i do want to say some of the you know as, as i mentioned one of the big projects they do is star trek online which is a very fun game obviously a popular game but a lot of people jumped on there while Folks were saying, hey, I've been laid off and looking for new work. People are going, yeah, when's the new ship coming out? Like, seriously, read the room, <laughs> y'all. There are forums where you can ask when the new ship is coming. Don't be on somebody's uh, on somebody's you know feed when they're explaining that, they, they, hey, it's about to be Christmas and they possibly not going to be going to be out of work at Christmas. And you're, yeah, that's great. When does the new Enterprise, I don't know, F or whatever drop? Don't, don't be that person. Yeah, this is tough, man. This is tough. I mean, like, this is sort of what happens when companies buy up other companies, right? Because there's always some level of redundancy anyway, so some number of people are automatically going to lose their jobs. And then worse in this case, where the Embracer Group apparently didn't even have all their ducks in a row trying to spend money before they had it. You know? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's just... uh... I mean, they, they were on a huge spending spree. They bought uh, Volition that does Saints Row. They apparently were going to try to do some kind of deal with the, the whoever it is, the limited run games. It apparently has the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit gaming rights. And it's right, right now, it's it's being a disaster. Just <laughs> the uh, esports watching attempts here apparently have not worked out like the uh, Savvy, which is the name for the Saudi Arabian, or Saudi Arabian group. Yeah, their efforts apparently didn't work out like they hoped they would. And now, unfortunately, Embracer is having to just just cut jobs all over the numerous companies they purchased. Yeah, and it's even tougher because several of the companies they purchase or the games that these companies make they purchase weren't huge. So if you start losing people on top of it, like when are they going to be able to make more stuff for those games to make them better or work on the next title, right? So it sort of feels like they're almost setting up some of these companies to eventually have to, con- like, say, you know, Cryptic, they're going to probably end up having to consolidate the Champions Online team into the other two. Yeah. Now, admittedly, Champions isn't making a ton of money right now anyway. So you're just going to end up having to let that go entirely to probably keep the other two and hope you can revive them somehow or else I don't know where they go from here. It's tough. It's tough. And we've brought it up on the show before. It's already hard because this year was absurd for games. And a lot of people's gaming time is already accounted for. Money spent toward other things. So if you're on the lower end, it's hard to climb out of that hole right now already without more strikes against you. I, I don't know what they do, man. This is a, That's a tough one. I feel for anybody who gets caught up in this stuff. And and like we talked about, if you see one of those posts, please share it. Let people know that uh, 
some some experienced folks that have done some incredibly good work in the gaming industry are looking for looking for other gigs. And again, we and I mean, it, it happens unfortunately so often around the holiday season. It's when you know a quarter hits and people realize, oh wait, we're not going to make what we thought we we're going to make. And there's just there's there's nothing that feels worse. It, you never want to get laid off. The holiday season is, I mean, just among the worst times to have that happen. Yeah, but see, the worst thing is always that the people at the top aren't going to go, you know what? I, I should probably just take $6 million instead of $8 million. No, it never happens. You know, it's like, oh, but we're going we're gonna to cut these other 200 jobs, though. And that, that'll, that'll help the number. You know, and then they're still going to miss their mark at the end of the quarter. But by a lot less, so it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, I hate that. That's Absolutely. awful. Well, all right. Let's try to talk about some other more fun and interesting things and kind of raise the spirits a little bit here but hey it's what did we learn and i think we both have some pretty interesting things here so what uh, you got this is kind of a little bit of a segue we were talking about that again 2023 was a phenomenally good year for games and lo and behold uh the game awards have revealed their nominees you're able to well by the way i should mention this is the thing you can actually participate in if you go to the gameawards.com you can actually vote for some of these, including the game of the year. And, you know, really only a couple of surprises. Obviously, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. We knew that was happening. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It would have been a huge shock if those games didn't make the list. Uh, Spider-Man 2, again, you, when we heard that was coming out in 2023, you kind of just already penciled that in as a probable game of the year candidate. Baldur's Gate 3. We've talked about on here how Baldur's Gate just... It, it, it's a phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, you're playing this too, Daquan, right? You mentioned yeah, you absolutely, and expect to be playing it for <laughs> most oh, for a long time because like, I'm only putting in a couple hours a week on it. So exactly, I, and I could be playing that game for easy eight nine months. Right. Uh, one of the big shocks, I guess, or maybe the biggest shock, Resident Evil Four, which is a remake, and a lot of people are kind of feeling some kind of way. But hey, should remakes even be up for Game of the Year? You're taking a spot that, for example. Maybe Diablo 4 would have got. I feel like Baldur's Gate and Diablo 4 probably split a lot of the vote because you know, same genre, you're going to have some of the same voters. If you're voting for Super Mario Brothers Wonder, you were probably not, you, probably uh, Diablo 4 was not, not going to be one of your options. Sure, but I wouldn't be mad at Diablo 4 getting recognition over Resident Evil 4 at least. Absolutely. And then uh, Alan Wake 2, which that one, I, I didn't have that on my personal. I, I have not played it. I apparently need to because it's up for, it's one of those. It's like that movie that's up for every award, seemingly. And Dude, I, randomly, I saw somebody uh, in one of my discords making content for that. And one of the things they pointed out is apparently the game gives you a warning that you might need a better GPU to play the game if you're on PC. That, that's wow. I mean, that, that is a thing more games should do. I think. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, did you like just straight up, hey, if you're on a weaker GPU, just know your gaming experience might suck. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the part that's unfortunate. I mean, I, I guess it's a good thing they told you beforehand, like, hey, maybe you need to tweak some settings or do something if you would like to enjoy it, which I guess I mean, it looks really good when everything is working properly. And a lot of people, you know, are upset apparently that uh, Hogwarts didn't get nominated for any of these awards. And again, it seems like I think it got ratings around eight, eight out of 10, 80 percent. But 
But that probably would have got you there in some years this year. And <laughs> afraid not. Yeah, like I think there's three issues. I think one, you know, the obvious elephant in the room. Do you want to have anything involved with that? Do you do you want the negativity that comes up? Whatever. To your point, this year was dumb good for games. Right? So you can make an argument that any of these other games are all just as good, just as popular, whatever. And I don't think you're really wrong. The other is I think other games that came out around that same time or before are still actively being talked about, played, content being made for. You kind of don't see anybody doing it. Like while it had a really ridiculous like three to four weeks, after that, it kind of just fell off. And that's kind of what most of the reviews say. It's, you know, that, that it's fun for several hours, but it just doesn't have the legs of like a Baldur's Gate or a Diablo 4. You know, you I mean, have you seen some of the people are going to Legend of Zelda and making, you know, Making famous buildings, tanks, Dude, all I, kinds I of I still see stuff. brand new videos from people about Tears of the Kingdom. Right? People it's are still making like, new content. Yeah. It, it's got the, some of the, the, the apparently Minecraft level creations. Some of the things you can make in, in that game are phenomenal. So that just, that gives a game infinitely more legs. And if you want to say that, hey, you know, people are biased in favor of Nintendo, you could easily argue that. But I mean, what? When has there been a mainline Legend of Zelda or Mario game that's been bad? You just really don't ever hear that happening. <laughs> so that's why. You... Dude, Nintendo is the best example of stay in your lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like They know who their market is. They know who's going to buy their stuff. They know how to make their ads. They know how to do their crossovers. And they just stick to a game plan. And they sell. Hell, Zelda, I think, sold almost 20 million copies or something. Right. Like some dumb number. So it's like, yeah, you just keep doing what you're doing. Why not? Like, it's hard to argue that. They they do not miss for the most part. And again, I'm talking, you know, obviously they they go off sometimes to do like, there's a Legend of Zelda game that's in Dynasty Warrior style. And I mean, it it did for for that genre, it did pretty well. I'm talking about mainline Zelda, Mario. I would even argue the Mario offshoots like Mario Kart. (laughs) You know, just. Those games never come out and review badly because they they know what they do and really they crush it. Yeah, but I think if people want to get in, get their votes in for their games out of like, I think the 10 different categories or whatever, go vote. Have a say. Why not? There's a lot of cool games. No matter what you played this year, there was a sweet you could go vote on. Whatever your favorite genre was, you got fed this year. Now, mine is a little bit different, and I think it came up because, you know, we're at that point of the year now, people are already starting to do their, like, Christmas stuff and show their commercials and try to sell stuff, and obviously all these recipes online for, for Thanksgiving food, which I think I've seen, like, 20 different recipes for mac and cheese. I guess, I guess this year is the year of the mac and cheese or something. Everybody's trying to bust out their best mac and cheese recipe. But with that, I realized... I kind of have a problem with fake vegan food. And 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 what I mean by that is when they try to make a vegan item look like it's like meat counterpart or whatever. And this can be because, you know, somebody's trying to tell you, oh, you can have like a, a satan or tofu turkey or whatever. But then why are we making it shaped like a turkey for people who don't want meat or don't want to kill an animal? I like that's just just weird. And then talking to other people, because you were always trying to eat a little bit healthier, right? 
you know, make sure your diet's right. Put a little more vegetables in you. It's a good thing. You are. <laughs> no, I'm just I saying. should be. I but need I, to be. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I, I go to an Indian restaurant. Sometimes I might yeah. not get, like, the the chicken something, right? I might get just something else that just doesn't have meat in it. It's still going to be great. I mean, a lot of Indian food I get isn't Absolutely. heavy on, on the, the meat proteins. But I realize, talking to people, that if you just give the food as it is, a lot of times it's just great. There's no need to say it's this or that or the other, or pretend it's something it's not. But once you say this is vegan eggs or vegan turkey or vegan, now people are trying to compare it to something. So it's like now you've created this thing where now I can't not compare it, you know, because you've now told me you made a thing that's supposed to be like this other thing. So now I'm subconsciously trying to taste the thing I know in the thing you gave me. And now I think that leads to a lot of people just not enjoying it as much. I'm too drunk to taste this vegan chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know what? If you want to put some vegan whatever on a biscuit or whatever and serve it to me, just tell me what it is. It probably tastes great. But when you're like, oh, no, we made a vegan egg McMuffin or sausage McMuffin or whatever. I'm like, did you, though? <laughs> <laughs> like, and no hate against vegans. I, I think, you know, we could all do to be a little healthier, honestly. So it's not that. It's just like, let the food be what it is. I've been to vegan restaurants and had great food. I've been to many restaurants and just had vegan recipe whatevers, and it's great. But it's not dressed up. It just tells you these are the ingredients, and then you just go to town on it, right? I just, something about it is just, we also, like, it's a weird expectation. Like, if you told me, like, hey, we're having a tofu turkey or something, and I go to cut it, it's not going to slice like turkey. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's just not. So like, why are we saying it is? It's a weird when, thing. When you mentioned mac and cheese, you reminded me of an ad I saw right before uh, we started taping. Did you see KFC has a mac and cheese wrap? No. Is it yeah, like, like crispy big, mac and cheese on the outside rolled up? Well, it's like a big. I guess a big KFC tender or whatever. Mac and okay. cheese, okay. All, and then all wrapped in a tortilla. I'm like, okay, if you, I might throw then, down on that. Like, <laughs> why bother with the tortilla at this point? You throw KFC and mac and cheese in there, so you're not trying to be healthy anymore. No, no, no. The tortilla is just a holding vessel, and then you can wipe up the excess mac and cheese. That's all that's there for. <laughs> like, I'm, I, you know what? I might do that though. That, that that's way better than what I saw earlier or late last week. Somebody had shared a thing where somebody made a mac and cheese topped sweet potato pie. And I was like, was that necessary? No, no. Like, I mean, I like both of those things. I don't like those things together. See, my problem was, I don't know if I could bake them and make them both good at the same time. So like some half oh, of that. So they're, they're prepared at the same I thought it was just like, you get take some sweet, sweet potato oh, no, no, no. It, was, it was like mac and cheese crusted sweet potato pie. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's my problem. Like, if I try to make both of these, they're not going to line up. You know, like it's something it's going to be too crispy or the mac and cheese isn't going to be moist enough yeah. or like something's not going to be right. Now I'm like, yeah, we just keep those separate. Now, if you want to put them together, prepare them separately. And then if that's just your palate, you want to put it across the top and try it. Go for it. But at least I give me a chance to let both be individually in, in doing that that way. Yeah, people are just trying too hard, man. People are trying too hard. 
that, that'll and watch that'll win one of the state fair food competitions this year probably probably <laughs> that's true all right let, let's talk about the topics of the week because we got a few things we got to hammer through So there's an interesting article this week from uh, Sam Black. For those who don't know, Sam Black's a former pro player, a really well-known, uh, do just good analyst on a lot of things. And he basically wrote the article is that why standard doesn't make sense for Magic anymore, the standard format. And this was interesting uh, because I read this independently from Brian, and we kind of came to the same conclusion, which I found very peculiar. But... We agreed with most of the premises that Sam put forward. And I think he made it, honestly, to be fair to Sam, I think it's a well-written article. I think he made compelling arguments even. Good player, good writer. And those two are usually... <laughs> yeah. And, and he's a good follow on social media too. He, he will have good engaging discussions with people. So like totally worth following. So like this is nothing against the article at all. But at the end of it, I just didn't necessarily agree with the conclusion. Which is kind of rare that you go through and be like, these are all decent points. But yeah, I think the conclusions really... don't line up for the way I see things, you know, and we can talk about that. But for me, it was mostly that at the end of everything, just having to acknowledge we're just in a different world. And Wizards almost has to just hit the reset button on how we talk about or deal with standard as a whole. Because... While it's very easy to say, like, well, nobody needs standard, nobody wants to play it, whatever. We're also in a world where nobody's needed to, right? Where there's not, like, you either draft or you play standard at FNM. Right now, you can go to FNM, you can play any format under the sun. <clears throat> if you wanted to qualify for the Pro Tour, your PTQs aren't necessarily all standard, right? So you may play other formats to qualify. They did start bringing back the standard championships or whatever, monthly championships, whatever those things were. And we have a three-year standard now, which was one of the problems that people had with standard previously. Your stuff rotated too quickly. But we haven't even done one year of pushing out the oldest year of sets yet, right? So we don't even know how that's going to affect people or whatever. Usually in the spring, we get... I forgot what they call them, but they're the... They'll have four different decks that are basically in like a 70 or 80% version of the popular standard decks of the time. The issue with those, though, is that previously you didn't have to have a need to play standard, right? So it's creating that need first off. But then the other is also when you bought those, some number of the cards in there were only going to be legal for another six months. Well, now when they do them this next year, everything in there is going to be good for at least a year. Right? So you're going to get a year and a half to maybe even two and a half years out of all the cards that are in there. So now that might be more encouraging for people to buy. Also, Wizards could just juice those up right? and just say, okay, we're going to make these near complete versions. Maybe you know, instead of four copies of things, it has three copies of things or whatever. But make them very close to complete versions. So now people like, oh, well, I don't have to spend extra like 20 bucks to finish these off. Great. Now they have full standard decks they can play for two years. right? I think there's a lot of things we could still do to one, make the format accessible, but two, make it important again and make it matter. Because, you know, even everything, make all of the arena championship things be standard, right? At least two or three of your, your pro tour things every year be standard, right? We can do a lot of things to raise a pro. And honestly, even another level, like 
your social media accounts, share more of the standard content so people see it. For their their uh, YouTube pages, get some of your ambassadors to make standard content for those, right? So they're seeing those faces and those people out and about regularly talking about standard playing standard, right? And just make it a bigger part of the discussion. Because I think you and I both feel that starting people out to come to a store to play a thing, especially if they don't have friends teaching them or whatever, in a format that's not standard is a lot to absorb. Yeah, I think back to when I was a brand new player, and good Lord, if I had had to jump into modern at the beginning, I probably wouldn't still be playing Magic. Yeah, hell, even uh, uh, Pioneer is a lot. That's still like the last, what, 10 years of Magic or so? Yeah. Like, that's a lot of cards. And And 50 keywords or whatever. Yeah, let's say you've been playing for two, three weeks. You don't want to dive into that pool. Every card that's played is probably going to have to be explained to you for the most part. Oh, yeah. That's not a fun experience. But if that person come in and buy one of those decks, you know, maybe figure out what they need to fix it up or whatever, spend a total of, let's call it 60 bucks or whatever, and they're good to go. Now they're showing up to stores with a deck they can already play. Something they've probably practiced with because they know all the, the rules and they're easy to understand. Hell, they may even play arena online, so they've seen the other decks people are going to play against them already. Now you've made an environment that it's way easier for those people to come in. Now I get some people say, oh, well, they just learn from their friends. You would be amazed at the number of people that try to just read the rules or go online and watch a couple of videos and then show up and try to play. I actually played uh, one of the Xbox games called Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yep, yep. I did that, and then I'm like, hey, I might actually uh, enjoy the actual game. And yeah, there was a way, way more I needed to learn. But as far as jumping on points go, that was not a bad thing. No, and you need those things to exist. That's one of the things I think is good about arenas. Like the tutorial in there is great for teaching you all the basics. So I think that's really good. Now, what did you think about Sam's point? That, you know, talking about universes beyond secret layers and just how that there is a large portion of cards that let's say that that's all you bought, you can't play any of that in standard. Yeah, that and that is one of his points. I totally agreed with is that because we've created all these other products that never touch standard, that can be a slight confusion point. You know, and now there is another world where it's just like. You know, I saw somebody recommend like, well, if every anything that comes in a set booster, you should be able to play with in your standard decks. I was like, no, we're not going to do that. That's crazy because we're putting all kinds of stuff in those packs. But yeah, I do get the point that if somebody's just a fan, especially if they come in because the universe is beyond, right? They might have bought some Transformer stuff. They might have bought some Milo Pony stuff. Some hell, I, I mean, hell, what is it now? Jurassic Park stuff or whatever. Yeah, and then. You show up to your store and you're like, oh, I can't play the deck with this really sweet card I I paid like $20 for or whatever, right? That's that's a bit of a weird experience. That being said, though, even when it wasn't that, in the old days, we did have people who just like bought collections and put together decks and then showed up and had to be found out that like, oh, no, those things rotated like a year ago. You can't play that deck anymore, you know, and you have to help the people out to get their deck as close to something viable they could play that day. So it's just another version of something that happened in the past. It's just likely to potentially be more common because there's more opportunities for it to happen. But that is a real point. You know, I'd also told people before, too, I think there's people that while we do like the idea of teaching people to play through Commander, it is also off-putting for a lot of people. 
I mean, I've seen a lot of folks that literally, you can see they just get the glazed over eyes just because they're playing with multiple people and every card has a different keyword. And they're like, well, what does that one do? Oh, well, it flies. Well, yeah. when it attacks, this thing's going to happen. It's like, well, what do I do about that? Oh, well, you can't because you don't have this in your graveyard or blah, blah. It's like, it's just a lot, man. When you're trying to figure out a game, that's a lot to absorb. Whereas a one-on-one format with a lot fewer keywords and everything else is just much easier. Yeah, and your games are going to go faster too. So they, well, let's say you're learning. It's better for you, or at least I feel as if somebody was learning, you want to get in four or five games in a couple hours time as opposed to Commander, you'll play once, perhaps twice over the yeah. course of, let's say, two hours. Yeah, that's a big point too. So yeah, I think there's still a lot of benefits to standard existing. And I I think there is a way we can get there. I'm, but I think a lot of people aren't going to like to hear this. But I think the way it has to get there is by Wizards ignoring a lot of the noise. Right? There's going to be a lot of players say, oh, I don't know why you're forcing us to play standard at FNM. I don't know why you're forcing us to make these PTQ standard or whatever. But a lot of those people are going to end up building standard decks. Right, because they want to qualify or whatever. So they're going to go do the thing. Would they like to not to? Absolutely. But I think generally there is a big opportunity there if standard exists. Now, do I think standard needs to be the only thing or be the biggest thing? Not necessarily. I think it could still just be a part of the ecosystem. But I think that element needs to exist for an onboarding point, for an easy way to direct people to control marketing efforts. Like if you have that format to point to, it does make things easier, but it's a good article. I think people should go read it. Uh, if you've never read anything by Sam, this would be a good introduction introduction point for you to his stuff. Very well spoken, easy to understand, even on deeper concepts. Like, and I, and I think to your point, like you said, good player, good writer, not always an easy combination, but he is both for sure. So I, I would go check that out. But uh, yeah, let's talk about a little bit of a somber thing, but very positive. Coming up this weekend on November 18 and 19, you will be able to watch the Sheldon Menery charity stream which is pretty cool. They're going to be raising money to donate to the Moffitt Cancer Center, which is where Sheldon got a lot of his treatments while going through cancer. And it's all going to be on the Commander uh, RC. It's going to be on their Twitch stream. So you can just put in Commander RC. Just look that up on, on Twitch. And there's a bunch of different creators involved. I believe they have like a new group like every hour and a half, two hours. So there's going to be a bunch of people on all day. Lots of giveaways they're going to be doing. You'll be able to donate stuff though i think a few people are gonna have some stuff for sale or for like pseudo auction type thing so there's like a lot of stuff going on all day if you want to see some fun creators uh friends of sheldon's just cool effort raise a bunch of money help say f you to cancer just lots of positives out of this and this is cool because this was a community born project which is awesome i believe uh Beth, who goes by Queen of Cards online, was kind of the one who headed this up and started rounding people up and getting all the stuff together. And then a bunch of people kind of pitched in after that. So credit to everybody who put this together because uh, putting together charity efforts is not always easy. Getting them promoted. Hell, getting a bunch of creators on the same page at the same time. Can, Preach. <laughs> yeah, that can be its own problem. So 
cool that they managed to get all this together. I mean, I know some people are probably going like, this is like two months late or whatever. Like, yeah, but sometimes things take time, you know, and it's something to do. Like it's a week before Thanksgiving. Maybe you're just hanging out at home. You want to play this in the background to help them raise some money. Wouldn't be a bad thing, right? You can just pop it on Twitch, let it ride. And then when you have free time, sit down and watch some fun games. I think it'd be interesting for everybody. So yeah, hope they raise a lot of money and uh, hope we get to kill a lot of cancer with that one. But let's give a little bit of word here to Ixalan. So for those who don't know, uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan had their pre-release last weekend, which looks like it did very well for a lot of stores. Some stores were surprised and sold out of pre-release kits because they didn't think it was going to do that well. And then, of course, we had the early access event, and that was kind of fun, which now I think we call the streamer event is now the thing as opposed to early access. Not sure what the difference is. Maybe it should be a whole title, the early access streamer event. Uh, but it goes on sale this Friday and lots of cool stuff. As you're starting to see some people that have access to it early that are cracking for sales or whatever. You see them like pulling their interesting cards and all the rare stuff. And people are just excited about Ixalan, dude. I think uh, last time around this, the setting was really popular and this time it looks to be more of the same. So I don't know if you're hearing differently than I am, but it seems very positive so far. No, I really have not heard uh, heard anything bad about it so far. That's surprising. You know, when you think about we're really only, what, 11 or 12 weeks by the time this releases, separated from the last set that came out. You know, people talking about, ah, there's wallet fatigue, there's Doctor Who, there's this. But yet everybody still showed up and played pre-releases and, and are buying product. Hell, the only complaint right now is that I think, was it Commander decks and maybe some number of the collector's deck or packs aren't going to be available. They're going to be like a week behind or something because of like a shipping snafu wizard's hat or whatever. But that's the biggest concern anybody has right now is just, are one, are people going to sit on money versus, you know, Black Friday happening and all this stuff to buy those? Or... Are they just going to buy what's available now, spend their money, and then just not care about that other stuff when it shows up? Now, from what I understand, some retailers already got their stuff in because it just hit their distributor warehouses at a certain time, and they'll have it in time for this weekend. Some won't get it till next week or whatever. So it, it'll be curious to see how that pushes for full sales. But overall, this seems cool, man. I saw a lot of sweet decks. I saw a lot more close games for the streamer event stuff, which was pretty sweet. Just, yeah, this is one of those ones that, like, you look and sometimes just, like, things line up and they hit it out of the park. And it's amazing when you consider, like I said, we're just coming off Wilds of Eldraine, which was really good, too. And they still made, like, a great Doctor Who set that everybody's excited about. <laughs> and we're just like, man, for as much as we gripe, you know, say like, ah, they don't get this right. They don't get that right. But at the end, you look and say like, all these cards are kind of sweet. And that's a lot of work by a bunch of people that has to hit it out of the park almost every time. Because if you miss it all, people are just going to bitch, you know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, here, here's a funny thing, you know, just semi-related to this. But you'll see people want to nitpick when a card has like bad wording on it. So I think there's one card in this set that got like, an extra word or something that makes it read funny, which they just said, they even put a blurb out ahead of time. Like, Hey, we saw it. We're correcting future versions, whatever. But 
people want to be like, oh, small indie company, blah, blah, whatever, you know, which that joke's old and tired. You don't need to get off that. Like, you just sound silly. But you you look at that and think, look at the year. And think about how many cards they made that were unique this year. It has to be like, I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 1500. Well, I mean, let's see, you get four standard sets, right? Those are usually 250 to 300 cards. So that's already over a thousand. And then you've got a couple of secret layers, or not secret layers, uh, Universes Beyond products, right? Because we had a full Lord of the Rings set that was huge. We got Doctor Who, which was its own full set of like 200 cards. And then I feel like we got one more thing earlier in the year. But yes, you're well over 1,500 cards or so. And then they have one or two errors. Right? That's kind of crazy. Like, imagine at your job, you did something 1,500 times, but then you got bitched at because you did the one time wrong. <laughs> like, you think that's kind of crazy, right? Like, that's a lot of cards to get right, and yet they just do. Hey, even better, imagine having the one thing that you get wrong have to be republished in the newest paper and every, every even people that didn't read the original article. Hey, yeah, look, this this person messed up. We're sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> They're currently being flogged in the back room. I mean, even now, like it is frustrating when sales like products don't hit at the right time or whatever. But realistically, when you think about how we're just putting out all these things. And we'll have like one product delay every so often or whatever. It's, I mean, literally, it's coming out like, well, some of them won't even be late. They were just giving a notice that they could be late for some people. So some people are going to get them like a week after the fact. But think about how many video games we anticipate they get pushed back like four times, five times, right? Some of them don't even come out in the same year. They come out two years later. Duke Nukem, I think, was 15 years <laughs> yeah, it after was. it was announced. <laughs> And some dude, I believe, in the Dallas area still had his receipt from when he pre-ordered it, I guess, immediately after it was announced at E3. Isn't that hilarious? That, that man loves some Duke Nukem. Yep, <laughs> making sure he gets his free copy when it comes out. Yeah. But but that's the, that's the wild thing to think about, right? And I don't think a lot of people process that. That in 30 years, or 31 years now, or whatever, think about how many times things have actually been wrong, like delivered late, wrong cards, whatever, compared to the number of sets and number of cards that have been produced, they have a pretty high hit rate. You know what I mean? They do pretty damn well. And don't get me wrong. There's other things we can complain about about Wizards, right? <laughs> and we do. So it's isn't just to be like, Wizards is amazing, blah, blah. But like, we that's something we kind of don't appreciate. Like, if we're in any other field with any other games or whatever, we'd be dealing with all kinds of problems all the time. And we have a lot fewer being Magic fans. We are very lucky. But on this day, lots of love for Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So, thumbs up across the board. Set plays well. Lots of creative stuff. Fun decks to build. Seems to be making an impact in Standard here early. We'll see how that holds up over the next few weeks. But yeah, nothing but good stuff to say about it. If you haven't picked any up, go out, pick yourself up some this uh, Friday or Saturday, whenever you get to your local stores. But yeah, uh, we have some fun Twitch stuff, too. So coincidentally, uh, Twitch 
and I guess to some level YouTube, both kind of started talking about brand stuff for their creators this week. YouTube has a program called Brand Connect, which basically sets up a nice little, uh, I guess you want to call it like a media kit for you and kind of connects you with different brands and they can see some of your work and all that stuff. Twitch sounds like it's going to be handled a bit differently. Either they can kind of this and some of this isn't full details yet. So I'm kind of reading between the lines on things that have been posted or people have asked questions and reported on. But it sounds like either a combination of brands will be able to work with Twitch to contact you directly or different creators that they want to work with. Or they will in some way go through Twitch, giving them some stack of money to distribute to some number of creators in the spaces they're looking for or have certain reached or target demos that they're looking for, whatever. And what that's going to entail is creators will be working on some type of what they're calling sponsorship products. Basically, you might get to do full sponsored streams where maybe you have like stuff in your... Uh, panels or maybe you're doing certain giveaways for them or whatever maybe you're doing early release things with certain stream keys or something you might get overlays for your channel to just dress it up and make it look like the new product and that has to be up while you're streaming or it could even be something as simple as you just doing some ad reads once an hour for like 30 seconds to a minute telling people about the newest product but either way this is a good move from twitch right you're getting into the field with everybody else making it easier for some of your creators to get sponsored deals. And it's just more money for the creators. I'm I'm sure, you know, the way the deals work, Twitch will get their cut or whatever. But regardless, it's more money in the pocket of creators for a lot of stuff that may not be a ton of extra work. And some of this stuff already kind of existed. If you were using like stream elements, they've had stuff where they'll say like, hey, there's this you know, Star Trek Online is looking for people to promote their game or whatever. And if you do these five or six things, they'll pay you like 400 bucks or whatever it is. So that's been a program that's been out there. So it's cool to see that Twitch is kind of going direct and saying like, hey, let's see if we can get more people paid. Now, we don't know how wide reaching this is or, you know, is it only going to go to big creators, small creators? Are they using big companies, small companies? Like we have no details so far. This is just something they announced. But I don't know, dude, this feels like another W for Twitch. That's like, is that three, four in a row? It's, it's been a minute since we had three or four shows in a row. We're like, hey, Twitch, good job. I know. I know. And I, this is what I was saying. Like, it felt weird to like, you're kind of waiting, like, when's the other shoe going to drop? But man, new management. Yeah. Like I said, the new guy, he, he's doing all these interviews with different creators online. He streams himself as well. And I think he just gets it. Or at least he's listening to people that get it, you know, so that's a big step. I mean, congrats, Twitch. You know, like, I mean, the the only weird thing is, I hope they're putting good thought into this. Because as you add these things, you can't take them away. Right? These are those things that they're going to help creators and people are going to start relying on that money. And they're going to start building their business basically around these different efforts and things. So you can't put this genie back in the bottle. For me, it was like multi-streaming, right? That's a thing now. Like you take that away, it's going to really suck for people like me. The same way some of these sponsor deals, once those start rolling in, that's going to suck for some people. You take those away. So you, I hope they've they've done their homework already. But yeah, these are definite wins for creators, which is always what we want, right? These companies are going to make their money either way. It's like 
do the people you follow and create the stuff that makes your life fun, are they able to still get paid and take care of all their stuff? That's it at the end of the day. The same reason we want you to go leave nice reviews and, you know, give us little five stars wherever you're listening to this, because that always helps. It lets other people know. So we can also get better paid and get in front of people. <laughs> yes. And if you and if you don't like it, shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep it to yourself. Actually, if you don't like it, why are you still here? Because we're we're kind of two idiots just chatting about games and magic and stuff. And like you still hang around. It'd be weird if you didn't like it. All right. Uh, maybe not, because I heard somebody say, you know, that uh, Howard Stern, the per- the person that loves him, but they listens to the show for two hours. The person that hates him listens for four hours and they both had the same response. I want to hear what he's going to say next. I mean, I guess so. I, that's true. If people listen, how if they hate listen, that's that's still a download. I mean, if you're trying to figure <laughs> out a boycott, you got to, I guess, be able to explain to the FCC why they should boycott it. That's also true. You got to research the enemy, I guess, right? All right, let's talk about some Magicon Chicago before we get to the dinner table. I kind of just threw that out there, but if you didn't know, Magicon's coming to Chicago in February. Uh, it's going to be the last weekend. I'm checking a calendar as I say this. I don't think it's quite the last weekend. No, it's not. It's going to be the 24th to the 26th, so that weekend. Or No, that's not right. I'm looking at the wrong month. That would that would not help. Well, let me give you the right <laughs> month here. That's uh, important. Yo, 23rd to the 25th. So same same oh, days almost. Oh so, wait, in Chicago, I'm gonna start the obligatory chant. CM Punk, CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but the funny thing is, uh, Wizard just started sending out the notices to creators of like, hey, we're gonna give you a creator badge for Chicago, which is great, by the way. Again, man, I, I feel like I'm just like kissing butt to companies this week. But thanks for letting people know in November right. or a thing in February. Seriously, like. Knowing that you're going to be active participating in things or whatever in November allows you to get cheaper tickets, cheaper hotel rooms. Like if you need to raise money or save money, like it's so nice to have a two month plus window. Hell, in this case, I could be a three month magic color magic. The what kissing episode. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, but seriously, having three months in advance is a, a good amount of time. You get a quarter of a year, basically. And like we always say, because we, we have blasted them multiple times for not giving people enough notice. So again, props for actually giving people enough time to get prepared for all these things. Yeah, now there is some stuff. They did say like they're still taking submissions for panels and things like that until I think December 3rd. So that stuff won't be fleshed out to probably mid-December or probably around like the second week of January. But that's fine. That's more just like once you're there, let me figure out my schedule for what I want to do that day or whatever. But this was really cool. Good to know. However, a bunch of people magically started freaking out because they just realized that winter plus Chicago was not a good combo. And it's like, man, did you not watch the news ever? Like, we all know it gets damn cold in Chicago. Hell, it's the Windy City. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we know. (laughs) And people are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And it's going to be this cold. And how do I need to dress? And it's like, yeah, that's a thing. Take care of yourself. But it's not panic mode. I mean, I don't even like the cold, just being real about it. But I also know I've been to cities when it's cold in the winter. I would rather them do those in the spring or summer where it's not so cold. But... 
you have hotels connected to the event center. There's several within a block or two, so you don't even need to be outside that much. You can, and I'm you, assuming discount rates for, for being in Chicago in February. Quite possibly. And like, and you can Uber or Lyft wherever you need to go as well, so you don't need to be out in the cold. So, yeah, you know, just uh, tip your rideshare drivers well, since they'll be dealing with crappy conditions and stuff taking care of you. But no, this this was all really good news, though, for the most part. Like, it was cool. People were engaged. People are interested. Lots of folks getting excited about going to the event. Lots of creators getting invited. So, I, I mean, I don't know who got denied, if anyone. I mean, maybe if you're, like, brand new or something, possibly. I don't know. But most people, I don't think I saw anybody complain about getting denied. So, they accepted a lot of people this time, which is great. I don't have a problem with it. You know, you give away a few more tickets, but these are also the people that are probably going to make vlogs about stuff, be live streaming, be putting stuff on TikTok, doing interviews and stuff like, so it's just better for the game that these people are going to be out making content while they're there. So like, it's a win for everyone. But yeah, I will be there uh, doing something. I don't quite know just yet, but <laughs> between all the different stuff I'm involved with between the commander advisor group, the ambassador stuff, my own stuff, uh, I'll, I'll be doing something. So you'll be able to catch me there all through the weekend. And I will probably be even inside in like three layers of clothes because yeah, I'm not a big fan of cold in the snow, but I will be there because I like magic and I like magic players. So that'd be a thing. But let's wrap things up and get to the dinner table because uh, this was an interesting discussion. I saw come up a few times between Facebook and Twitter this week. And it was a question... I found interesting, but it's, can you name a movie that you've seen seven or more times? And I have some thoughts about this, but before we list our movies, I feel like you needed a lot of free time or the luxury of free time to have watched a bunch of movies more than seven times. Because I was thinking about that. Like, I don't think I've had a point in my life where I've had so much free time where I'd go back and go like, you know, I've already seen this. Let's watch this for the eighth time or whatever. As opposed to, man, I don't have that much time, but there's a movie I want to get caught up on or let me watch this new thing or whatever. So I might only have one I've seen more than seven times. And that would be just because it came on TV a few times when I was just like flipping through channels and stuff. But I don't know, Brian, what about you? How many do you have on your list? Oh, God, my list probably is two or three hundred because when I was in college, I was part of the student activities board. And one of the things we did to try to make LSU Shreveport a little bit cooler was to show movies in the student center. So I'm talking. About oh, movies. so you probably watched some on repeat. So, yeah, so yeah I was it's essentially like working in a movie theater. So, yeah, so I'm talking about movies that I didn't even necessarily. I've seen Cliffhanger probably 50 Damn. times. <laughs> Because, because that was because obviously you know you're not it's LSU Shreveport you're not getting you know the, the latest blockbuster hit you're getting yeah. hanger to show now a movie that I watched more than, more than seven times on purpose would of course be uh, Star Wars A New Hope because you know I, I remember Fair. we we, fir we first got HBO so it was like two things coming together you know one of my favorite sci-fi movies and also being able to watch movies in the privacy of your own home and i was probably i don't know 10 or 11 when when we got hbo so yeah i've seen that again because it coming you remember hbo it would come on especially back in the day before 
this is for the young kids. HBO used to show movies. Yeah. Like all day. That was all they showed. There well, were very few. They would have like almost packages of like movies of the month or whatever. Yeah. So there would be like six or seven movies that were going to come on at least like once every other day. And then they it sometimes it'd be at like noon, sometimes it'd be at seven. Yeah. But like in their movie rotation, one of those five or six movies was going to be there every day. Sometimes when I watch Star Wars New Hope probably two to three times a day for five or six months or however long you I don't remember how long movies stayed in rotation yeah. on HBO. That's funny because like I can I feel like I can think of a bunch of movies that I've seen three to five times for sure. I and I think that's a big old list for me. And kind of for the same reasons, where I kind of maybe watched it once or twice myself, watched it with somebody else who hadn't seen it before. Exactly. And then maybe once it came on TV, or I just happened to be at a place where somebody was watching it or whatever. But the only one I can think of that I'm pretty sure I've seen, probably purposely like, hey, I'm going to watch this movie five or six times, and then another handful because it just came on TV or whatever, was Coming to America. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm for sure I've seen that one. Maybe even 10 times. Like, But I feel like I've seen that one a lot. But I don't know if I have any other movie. I mean, I'm thinking, like, there has to be maybe, like, a holiday movie or something, probably, that I'm just not thinking of. Because, like, when I was a kid, obviously, I think I probably watched, like, The Frosty the Snowman or something. Like, I, Yeah, absolutely. You, you yeah. watch it. Yeah, every year you watch, I think, with Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Yeah, Life, something like that. So movies. I've probably seen those seven or eight times, maybe. But as an adult, where I'm making like the active decision to watch something. And I wonder, how do you count, you know, stuff like, uh, let's say, Cats? Because there's all so many different versions. I guess, I guess each each adaptation you would count separately, I guess, for something like this. I, I would count that as each as one. Like, if the, oh, and, oh, good Lord, unless, unless they did like a big true remake where they changed a bunch of stuff. But if like it's like the same thing, but just like different production, it's like, OK, it's kind of the same movie, same show, you know, like. See, I feel like if it's a different production, it really is kind of almost like a different show. I don't know. If the dialogue and everything stayed the same, it's like, I'd still count that. Like, Okay. <laughs> like, like, obviously, I've seen, I I think we've probably all seen 30 or 40 different versions of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, there's been a lot of those. I think if I had to pick probably a favorite Christmas Carol, I think it's Muppet Christmas Carol. And it's because, you know, Michael K- Michael Caine is surrounded by Muppets with everything that entails, yet he is playing Ebenezer Scrooge as serious as a heart attack. Yeah, which is kind of wild. And I think that that was actually the best choice for that. What makes it so good is the Muppets are Muppeting as hard as they can, and he is just, again, he's playing it all straight. That's what's crazy, though, because I'm thinking about all these movies that I enjoyed. Like, you know, like... uh, Gremlins, yeah, I watched a lot, but Christmas I don't. But I don't think I've seen it seven times. But I know I've seen it a lot, or at least parts of it a lot. I probably even like full viewings, probably not. And, and now that I have kids, you know, as a kid, I was into Ghostbusters. Now, yeah, you know, my kids are into it, so I've watched it several times. And, and, and there's what two go well, the three Ghostbusters movies now, or excuse me, four. Yeah, I didn't see the latest one. I saw the one with the the chicks that were the Ghostbusters, and Thor was the like office yeah. assistant or whatever. Yeah. That was hilarious. Like people were hating that movie. I'm like, you were just hating to hate because that movie actually was kind of funny. Like, and dude, what's his name? Just selling out as like the himbo office dude. 
Right. Oh he my god. Committed to that performance. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> like I laughed pretty much every time he was on camera. So and that's like, the first thing I've seen him in, you know, since he became Thor, where he wasn't, you know, the hero. So he's clear he's got a good sense of humor about himself. Oh yeah, totally sold out on the role, big time. So I'm like, people hadn't seen that are messing out. I didn't see the new one though, with like. I guess the kids had found like the vehicle in the shed and you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, I didn't that see that. And it, that one was really good too. And again, I heard if, it you, was. if you preferred, you know, having connected to the original, then you're going to enjoy that one. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I mean, okay. Groundhog's day. I've seen no, but even that's like five or six times, bro. I like that movie though. Yeah. There's a lot like that. I don't think I have that many that cross the seven movie threshold for me. There's maybe a handful. Like I said, I have far, far too many. <laughs> I think you're right. I think for me, if I think about it, if I include a bunch of stuff I watched as a kid, it's probably a lot of the holiday movies, if I were guessing. But yeah, the only one that truly stands out to me, I think, was uh, Coming to America. Though at one point, I Friday was probably climbing that list. <laughs> yeah, that's something um, just if it's on and especially yeah. if it's provide us the non-centered version i'm not watching for for that for any eddie murphy movie really if you're watching the center version, yeah it's just not the same. that's also true same for friday it was just with it was censorship it is just not nearly as funny what's the matter with you craig you got kool-aid <laughs> but you ain't got no water you got right? Or you got Kool-Aid, but you ain't got no sugar. Like no jelly. no burger. Yeah, you got cereal, but ain't got no milk. Like, oh man. If, and if you know, had you know. A like that. Yeah. Everybody had that forever. Like, yeah, you can. All right. On that note, since it's fun and positive, why don't you we end on that and you can tell everybody where to find you on social media? All right. I am uh Brian Sionic on the the Twitter and the Instagram. All oh, the Twitter and the Instagram. He had the Twitter. That's kind of how we probably refer to Twitter in past tense. It used to be the Twitter. Now yeah. it's just the X. But you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon. B O W R D R A G N. And man, I have so much content on the way. So if you're not following me on YouTube, you are missing out. But yeah, as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome. Be awesome to each other. Remember to give us a great review and let us know if you want to watch this as opposed to listen to it as well. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.